Hello again, everybody. This is Rick Evans, and I am your host for the latest edition of the 12 Round News Podcast. And if you've listened to the show before, if you listened to our interview with Steve Forbes, if you've listened to our uh, look at Manny Pacquiao and the hypothetical uh, fight against Prince Nassim Hamed that was in Ring Magazine, um, if you've listened to almost any episode that has come up in, in the last couple of years, you know that one of the things that is discussed and talked about are fantasy fights. Those fights that either never happened because of business or never happened because the guys got too old or one guy was on the way up, the other guy was on the way down. And for one reason or another, those fights never happened or they were different eras. I mean, there's a lot of variables, but we've looked at fights like Floyd Mayweather fighting Tommy Hearns, uh, Evander Holyfield fighting Joe Lewis, um, and one that's come up multiple times and the topic of this podcast, and probably the reason you clicked on this podcast for this one, the fight that we've looked at before is actually going to happen. It's actually taking place September 12th in Los Angeles, live on pay-per-view for $49.99. You get to see 54-year-old Iron Mike Tyson take on 51-year-old Roy Jones Jr. The fight is happening. It is an eight-round exhibition fight. And we are going to dive right in to the pros and cons and the ups and downs of what is going to be, at bare minimum, an entertaining night. So when we've looked at this fight in the past, we've looked at circa 2003. I've always had the caveat out there that the time frame for this fight that would have made the most sense in history, not thinking it was ever possible for that to come up again, was 2003, Roy Jones having just beat John Ruiz to win the WBA heavyweight title, to fight Mike Tyson, who was coming off a month prior, knocking out Clifford the Black Rhino ATN in about a minute and 30, if that, of the first round, and having these two guys fight. And the thought was, if that fight would have happened, who would you take? Because Roy Jones, post John Ruiz, and before coming down to light heavyweight to fight Antonio Tarver the first time, may have been considered the best. He would be in the argument for being the best fighter in history. Speed, power, defense. You can't hit him. He makes a show of it. He, you know, pot shot, tap his foot, bring up a uppercut on the right hand. The guy literally couldn't be touched up to that point. Against Iron Mike, who prior to knocking out Clifford ATN in a minute and 30, was stopped in eight rounds by Lennox Lewis in what would be Tyson's last shot at the heavyweight championship. So both guys, so Tyson was appearing to be vulnerable and this former junior middleweight, middleweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight, and now heavyweight champion. And we can we can talk more about sanctioning bodies and the rest of it, but the man had a sanctioning bodies belt and was acknowledged by the WBA as being the heavyweight champion of the world against the guy who had the mystique and the power and everything else that went along with Mike Tyson and the gnarly and the um, face tattoo that everybody had gone nuts about at that time. That was when that tattoo was brand stinking new. And the it never happened a missed opportunity. It's one of those fights that came up as now a fantasy fight for one reason or another. I won't get into various people saying that didn't happen because of this, didn't happen because of that. We won't we won't get into that because, I mean, we weren't there. We don't have the definitive answer. But now we get to go into 2020, which has been, I mean, anybody listening to this, it's 2020. Y'all, y'all know what <laughs> y'all know what twenty twenty has been like, um, and it, it kind of feels like this fight coming up now with both guys at their ages, um, in this setting just feels like yeah, this is this is twenty twenty. This is this is what we do. <laughs> um, but I, for one, am truly excited for this. I am very much looking forward to to September twelfth 
because there's something about storylines and characters and following a story arc. Now, for me, as you heard in the intro to this podcast and the advertisement and anybody who's listened to this show before has heard this story, but I'm going to do it again because I think we're going to be talking to some more folks that may not have heard us before. So, And those of you who are tuning in for the first time, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I hope you, if you're on a drive, if you're in the car, um, I hope that you are having a good day and... uh, and I can help uh, help make the drive or the time at work um, a little more pleasant and a little more enjoyable getting ready for what should be a really fun night on September 12th. Um, but the story is, is that I have, I have been credentialed to cover world title fights in Las Vegas. Uh, I covered both Kovalev Ward 1 and Canelo and Triple G 1 uh, in Vegas uh, when I was doing writing. And... Now I've decided to devote my efforts to podcasting and social media and and sharing my love of this sport with uh, you great listeners who take the time out of your day to hear this. From that, my whole life I've I've enjoyed this sport and and I'm convinced that anybody who's loved the sport of boxing for as long as they have, and it could be any sport, but we're sticking with boxing, gets into it probably because somebody got them into it. Either their father or their uncle or older brother. Somebody showed them the sport and highlighted it to some people and said, watch this guy, watch that guy. For me, I got brought into the sport in the late 80s, early 90s, when I was six, seven, eight years old. And the guy that I was brought in to watch, my father showed me he showed me lots of lightweights he showed me Vinnie Pazienza Roberto Duran Ray Leonard um and the heavyweight champion of the world Mike Tyson from that you know start to get older and then I start watching fights somewhat on my, not not on my own necessarily but I'm starting to find guys that I like and eventually, I get to the point where I find the guy that you go, oh, this is my guy. This is the guy I get to tell my kids about someday. And for me, that was the other end of this equation on September 12th. That's Roy Jones. Um, so for me, it's this is a really special kind of a fight. My all-time number one favorite fighter against the guy from... A generation perhaps before that, although they, they, they kind of did run parallel. They were, you know, and they're not that far apart in age. But what feels like a generation before that, the you know, the pound for pound grade of the late 80s versus the pound for pound grade of the late 90s and early 2000s, um, it's special just to get them both in the same ring with the same, you know, for an event like this, it's special. So comparing that, and now, you know, I'm in my, my mid 30s now. And, and love this sport, and I have two kids of my own, one of which is, is just getting to the point where I can show him my guys and to have a chance to show him not only Roy Jones but Mike Tyson in a live fight um, feels special. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to September 12th for that reason. Uh, now let's, you know, I, I'll get off that soapbox, and we're, we're going to analyze how this could go a little bit. and So... If you've watched the news, if you've watched SportsCenter, you watched First Take, you watch all these guys, and everybody talks about Mike Tyson. And Mike's, Mike's going to be the A-side of this promotion because Mike you know, was on Jimmy Fallon. Mike was promoting this all over the place, still is. And you hear, oh, Mike hasn't fought since 2005. And that's accurate. His last professional fight that counted against his record was a TKO loss to Kevin McBride in 2005. However, he also... Fought in 2006. Now you're saying, Rick, what are you talking about? Everybody on the news says 2005. And I can't say that they're necessarily wrong. But Mike Tyson came back in 2006. It's on YouTube. To fight a guy named Corey Sanders. Not that Corey Sanders. A different Corey Sanders. Who was a a very large um, heavyweight. Who was, I, I call him a journeyman. Just to kind of make it easy, call him a journeyman. He had been a prior sparring partner of Tyson's uh, back in the day, and they went out and fought an exhibition fight in 2006. 
Tyson did not wear headgear, wore, wore a shirt. Um, Corey Sanders did wear headgear, and they wore you know large gloves. And so the fight goes on, ding ding, and it was going to be the Mike Tyson World Tour, and fight begins and. Midway, maybe towards the end of the first round, Mike hits Corey Sanders with a, a very good right hand. And you see Sanders kind of crumple, like, oh gosh, I got tagged. Oh man. And Mike held him up. Mike put both his arms underneath underneath Sanders' arms and held him up to keep him up. And Ray Mancini, lightweight legend, Ray Boom Boom Mancini's on the call doing commentary and called him out on it. Says, oh, Mike held him up. Mike held him up. Oh, you know, and um, and the crowd started to get wind of this and began to boo. Uh, later in the fight, Mike threw a really fast combination and knocked Corey Sanders down, but it wasn't anywhere near the punch that Sanders got hit with early. Um, so the, this was not a very well-received fight. So the, the world tour that was going to be Mike Tyson fighting exhibitions everywhere was a one-time deal, and, and, and he stopped after that first fight. So looking ahead now to what is being called an exhibition, and my understanding, and I've got a sneaking suspicion these rules are going to be you know, fluctuating until we get to fight night, but my understanding at the time of this recording is that neither man will wear headgear, both guys will wear 12-ounce gloves, and there will be no judges in case the bout goes eight rounds. With all of that being said, I think there's a very real possibility that... Folks will tune into this fight for 50 bucks and come away scratching their head a little bit because folks are conditioned for a Mike Tyson fight that if a Mike Tyson fight goes past two rounds, you know, that then maybe, maybe we're not going to see what we think we're going to see. And that, so I, I, I don't want to say it's not going to be on the up and up. I don't think that's fair. Um, but I could very well see a, a situation develop that I hope doesn't happen. I hope that's not going to happen, and I'm going to tell you why I don't think it will. But a situation come up where Mike holds up Roy, or Roy holds up Mike, or whatever, um, where both guys try to make take care of each other to go through eight rounds, you know, royal hot dog like he used to do, and and, uh, and Mike will come out and look like he used to look but no one's really going to push it. And the, the California State Athletic Commission has come out and said, this is going to be a hard sparring session, but nobody should be out there looking for a knockout. Well, that's how Mike Tyson got famous. I mean, that, that's, that's the reason people still want to watch Mike Tyson. Or even now, at 54 years old, the reason people are interested is because Mike hits like a Mack truck, and they want to see how hard he can hit somebody. That's the draw. They don't want to see him go out there and dance and do a shuffle. They want to see him hit somebody really, really hard in the face. <laughs> so there's a potential that that's there, but there's a caveat as to why I don't think that's going to happen. The reason for that is something called Mike Tyson's Legends League. So Mike Tyson, the day before this Roy Jones fight was announced, came out and announced that he is launching the Mike Tyson Legends League. And the premise is, is that if you're a legend, if you're somebody who has a fan base, you can come out and, and get with Mike, and, and that could be boxing, could be football, could be basketball, all of this, any, any sport, come out and say, just because I'm of a certain age, over 40, over 50, doesn't mean that my life is over, my career is over, and I can't do anything. Tyson is promoting this Legends League as come in here and work with guys your own age. You don't have to go up against 20-year-old killers. Come over here and work with other legends. And we'll make and we'll put together competitive contests. And that's gonna be great. I mean, he's thrown Tyson's been on TV throwing out basketball names and football names and all this. And and I, I think that's great, but I'm gonna paraphrase multiple boxing commentators in the past, Max Kellerman, Harold Letterman. You don't play boxing. So I think it would be really difficult, never impossible, but it would be really difficult to be promoting a Legends League where you're going to see a, a competition and your first event out of the shoot leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth for various reasons. Um, 
I think you need to have a competitive contest. Now, if it goes eight rounds and it's a draw and both guys gave a spirited effort and everybody leaves happy, that's great. But if we're in a spot where they're walking around having a conversation or something where fans look and go, what is this? That doesn't not, that, that only doesn't bode well for these guys. That doesn't bode well for the future of the league. So I think I'm going to say that Going into this, I'm going to hold to that and say we're going to have a very competitive sparring match coming up. Now, with that said, if we're looking at this as a very competitive sparring match, the flip side of exhibitions. So we have Tyson and Corey Sanders. And I encourage you, if you're interested in this, to to YouTube it. I just watched it the other day after this was announced. I watched it back. And I encourage you to go watch it. So you may have an idea of what to expect. The flip side of this, also on YouTube, was the most recent Julio Cesar Chavez Jorge Arce exhibition fight that happened, I believe it was about two months ago. Um, that was so much fun to watch. That was such an enjoyable show to take part in. Both guys, I, I, I believe Chavez, maybe 58 off the top of my head. Um, that was an enjoyable sparring match. Both guys got in there, and if if they were throwing at seventy five percent, I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, they both wore headgear. They both wore uh, larger gloves. So so they and you know I think at the end of the, but and Chavez would take these cheap shots after, and it felt a little WWE on that. But there were spots in there. We kind of go, ooh, get after it, Julio, get after it, Jorge. Oh, this is great. If if Jones Tyson can replicate that then I really think everyone's going to be in for a great night. Even if there's some stage stuff where where maybe Roy or hits Mike after the bell and Tyson, you know, wrestles him or something. I You know, these little staged spots in there. Um, if we're left looking at that, at the Tyson-Jones fight, more like Chavez Arce rather than Tyson and Sanders... People will leave being happy. And that's what I think at the end of the day, I'm hopeful that Tyson Jones goes that way. Now, back into, so I, I started, you know, I kind of went away from where I was headed as far as following people and storylines. And Tyson said something the other day on, I think it was on Fallon, where he said a lot of the fighters that are 40, 50 years old have bigger fan bases than the fighters now. and And I think there's part of that that's, very true. Um, I think we have a divided combat sports fan base right now where, you know, when I was a kid coming up uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, um, it was boxing. You know, UFC, Hoist Gracie, that was starting to, to, to come up, but it was really, really starting to come up. Now, you know, you're, you may be more likely to see a UFC option when you're on ESPN.com. You're more likely to see UFC first and then have to go into more and go find boxing. That's a dramatic market shift. Um, so I understand that. And there's a bit of, you know, you have to kind of hunt around a little for boxing. There's ESPN boxing. There's DAZN boxing. There's three or four other streaming services. There's, you know, the, the different um, Univision type channels. that You, you kind of have to find a guy on TV and then Google him to keep tabs on him. Um, that's always been a challenge, but not like 20 years ago where Mike Tyson or Holyfield or Sugar Ray Leonard was on, not only on sports shows, but on the news, on the Today Show, on the Tonight Show. So I, I do think Tyson has a point there. I also think there is something to somebody who came up watching Roy Jones or watching Mike Tyson, who is now, you know, was a kid then, teenager, you know, kid then could watch the fights. But now we're, you know, 30, 40 years old ourselves. And now we have some money. Now we're theoretically working and having a career and a family and this and that. Now, when we see these guys that we came up idolizing and really enjoying their product, you know, it's one thing for me now in my mid thirties to be really excited to watch these two guys fight, Jones and Tyson, because I followed them their whole career, versus me wanting to now watch somebody coming up who's 21 right now. Um, it's tough for me in my mid-30s to look back at somebody 21 and go, oh, I really care how he does. Uh, not to say that you don't you know, discredit talent, 
but to have the same buy-in, the same, um, the same feeling to to really want to follow that, I, I think that's a harder ask than to look at the guys who came before you. I think that's an easier ask. I equated to folks who buy sports jerseys as fans. You know, I think it's one thing if you're a fan of the Yankees and and really liked uh, you came up idolizing Reggie Jackson. Um, I, I think, and then you go to the game with your kid. I, I would look at you a little funny if you were wearing a John Carlos Stanton or Aaron Judge shirt. You know, if you're forty, you know, I would look at if you're wearing the Reggie Jackson. I'm like, oh, that's your guy. But that, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Tweet me on that and see what you. Let me see what you guys think about that particular idea. But um, I digress. I'm um, the story. Everybody in the world, one degree or another, has followed the story, the life, and the career of Mike Tyson. Roy is more of a boxing fan. Boxing fans who know, know. <laughs> Everybody, all the general public, the Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon, these guys all Tyson. They look. They know. They've been following all the ups and downs of his life. Boxing fans, and and maybe a little of the general public, but not like Mike. Boxing fans know what a monster Roy Jones was at his best. Know what kind of a problem that guy was for everybody that got in the ring with him from 1993 to 2004. He was a problem for everybody that he ever got. I said at the beginning of this, Roy Jones is my all-time number one favorite fighter. I'm going to look at this fight with all those caveats and I will you know, break down how, well, what each guy needs to do to win. But in my opinion, Roy Jones in between 97 and 03 was a problem for almost anybody at any weight ever. Was a problem. I'm not saying he's gonna win every fight, but for me, he's a problem. He's a. <laughs> you mean to tell me 2003 Roy Jones doesn't knock the ever loving crap out of Rocky Marciano? Come on. You mean to tell me 1997, 1998 Roy Jones at his absolute peak doesn't just blitzkrieg any middleweight almost ever? I mean, there's always a chance. I mean, I, I guess you could look at the. You know, super middleweight in particular was when he may have been at his absolute physical and mental best was at 168. And, you know, Joe Kalzaki beat him later in the career at light heavyweight. But Joe Kalzaki wouldn't be able to hit Roy Jones if they fought when Roy was at, you know, 26. You know, you know how fast that man was? And not only fast, but sudden. The left hook was trouble. The right hand, good luck. The right hand of the body. Ask Virgil Hill about the right hand of the body. So, but again, I'm showing my bias. Roy's my guy. So, but Roy was a problem. I'm not saying, again, he doesn't win every time, but Roy was a problem for anybody, anytime, anywhere from that stretch, period. Now, looking at all that, I don't have to go through and talk up Mike Tyson because, as I said, everybody who follows boxing knows Mike Tyson, knows what he was as a problem in the late 80s. He was a problem for any heavyweight in history. That late 80s Tyson was a problem. I'd say, argue mid-90s Tyson would be a problem for a lot of guys. But late 80s Tyson, good luck. Lennox Lewis fights Mike Tyson in 1989. I know how that fight goes. Okay? They're both about the same age. I know how that fight ends. Tyson peaked very early. So I'm going back, and I'm not going to do a big in-depth. You've heard me do in-depth you know, breakdowns of guys' last five fights when we've previewed things like Lomachenko fights and the such and... I'm not going to go back and do that because, you know, Tyson hasn't had a competitive fight that goes on his record since 05, fought the exhibition in 06. That, that doesn't really apply now in 2020. Roy fought in 2018, but really hasn't been in with adequate opposition um, in a while. So, I mean, the, the fights he fought late in his career weren't against, you know, the old Burt Sugar line. that They weren't household names, even in their own household. Um, and that's not a knock. You know, you want to still work. You still want to get money. You still want to go and improve your record. You still want to show you still have skills. I get all that. But I'm also not going to sit here and say he was beating world beaters at the end either. Um, that's not being fair as much as I just heard me talk about. Roy's my guy. But I'm also not going to sit here and, and flub it. So um, who wins? If this is on the up and up, and I'm and it's an exhibition, so they're going to get away with doing some extracurricular things and having a little leeway there. But the California State Athletic Commission has come out and said that, you know, if somebody gets cut, they're going to stop the fight. doesn't matter how big the cut is, they're going to stop the fight if somebody gets cut. 
they're not supposed to go for knockouts. So my assumption is if somebody gets tagged and staggered, they're going to stop the fight and people are going to go, oh, that was an early stoppage. And the fighter who got tagged will probably sit back and go, oh, that was an early stoppage. Hey, but they're not going to let anybody get hurt. And as a long time, long suffering and understand where I'm going when I say that last part, Roy Jones fan, I'm thankful for that. So looking at Tyson's career, in the times that he, I'm gonna, I'm gonna analyze this a bit and pretend that it's a professional fight goes on their records and they're gonna really get after it, because anything less than that, you know, then it's kind of oh well, there's a caveat, oh there's this, there's that. So if you're to look at Mike and go, when Mike's got has been beat, how did he get beat? He was knocked out almost every time. I think I have to sit here and think. I think they were all stoppage losses, uh, with the except yeah, they were all stoppage losses except for. The bite fight where he was disqualified in the third round. So on the stoppage losses from Tyson, he was never hit with one punch and knocked out cold. That that never happened. In like one punch, not taking a beating, one punch and gone. Never happened. He took a prolonged butt kicking against Lennox Lewis against Evander Holyfield, against Buster Douglas, those three in particular. And then late in his career, his last two fights, he was also stopped um, but those were I, uh, against Danny Williams. He had a knee injury in the middle of the fight. He was doing well in the first, hurt Williams in the first, hurt his knee trying to finish Williams in the first, and then summarily was stopped later in the fight. And against Kevin McBride in his last fight, I, 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 I will make an assumption here and say that he was just at the end of the line and, and had more rounds to go and his corner stopped the fight. I won't try to go any deeper into why that fight was stopped. Um, cause he wasn't necessarily being hurt by McBride, but nevertheless retired on his stool in his last pro fight. Now, and then the, so that was five losses. The sixth loss was the bite fight. Now let's look at Roy. When Roy Jones gets beat, he's lost decisions. He's lost to Kalzaki by decision. He lost to Bernard Hopkins by decision. Uh, lost to Montel Griffin by disqualification. Um, but there were, a number of instances where Roy has also been knocked out. But Roy against Antonio Tarver, uh, against Enzo Macazzelli. I'm probably getting his last name wrong. Fight fans know who I'm talking about. I'm going to call him Enzo the rest of the way. Tarver, Glenn Johnson, Danny Green, a first-round knockout. Um, Enzo and Dennis Lebedev in Russia. Those are the five knockout losses for my guy, for Roy. And I'm going to say my guy. I'm not going to hide the fact that Roy is my all-time, you know, my, one of my sporting heroes here. But when Roy gets knocked out, it's not a matter of, oh, it was a stoppage. Oh, you could have kept going. Oh, it was this. Oh, it was that. No. <laughs> when Roy gets knocked out, has been stopped in the past, he's, not only has he been counted out, but he has been down for minutes. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. When, when Roy Jones has lost fights badly against Lebedev, against Enzo, against Glenn Johnson, um, he has been down for minutes. Um, as, as I mentioned, you know, and I keep saying it, Roy's my guy. So that, as a fan, as somebody who, you know, in middle school and high school really idolized Roy, and he's still my guy. I, I actually had the chance to meet Roy a couple of times when they've come over here to Washington State, he and his promotion company, um, Lisa Veltre and, and the crew at Roy Jones Jr. Boxing. I've had a chance to meet Roy a few times, so and that's obviously fulfilling a younger me dream <laughs> to meet your, meet your heroes, and he's always been very cool and very uh, nice to me. But um, that's tough to watch, uh, to see your, your sporting hero down for minutes. So with that said, the guy, the fights that Tyson has won and won spectacularly. Um, before I go there, no, just on the way both guys have lost fights in the past, um, Mike has needed to take a prolonged butt kicking. Roy has gotten hit with one or two big shots in an exchange and gone down. Um, if this were a legitimate fight, I'd be very concerned about Mike or about Roy Jones in this fight because of that reason. Roy, over the the later latter part of his career, laid on the ropes all the time. Uh, whereas when at his peak, he was very rarely on the ropes. Um, Mike Tyson made a living on putting guys on the ropes and keeping guys on the ropes. 
throwing that you know right hook to the body and then bringing that right uppercut up through the guard and just almost decapitating guys like Frank Bruno. So that, as a Roy Jones fan, has me concerned about him at 51 years old taking this kind of fight because I want to see you know, a very healthy Roy Jones at the end of this because, again, he's been down for minutes. I'm not trying to disparage him. It's the truth. The man's been knocked out for minutes multiple times, and this is my guy, so I have concern there. Now, the fights that they've won, Roy at middleweight and super middleweight was not only ultra-fast, but very powerful and knocked guys out. Not, I mean, Google it, <laughs> YouTube it. Mike, so, and then when he got to light heavyweight, it wasn't usually so much the one-punch knockout or the two-punch knockout. It was an accumulation of punches that got stoppage wins, or he would just win 12 nothing, and if you give him 13 or 14 rounds just on merit, you know, and, and, you know shutting guys out and all this stuff, um, it was by, he was winning fights at light heavyweight by just ridiculous margins, but they were usually decision wins. Um, everybody knows Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson doesn't go, doesn't usually go the distance. He has, he's not, you know, he's, he's won decisions before, but his fights are usually over in his favor in four rounds or over against him in about eight. <laughs> so, and, and even late in Tyson's career, I mean, his last win was Clifford ATN where he hit him with that one punch knockout and everybody went nuts because it was reminiscent of late 80s Tyson. Moved his head, slipped the punch, came back with the right hand, and put the man down. Not only put the man down, the man on the way down, reaches up with his right hand, Clifford Etienne, grabs his mouthpiece and says, I want no more of this situation. I will lay here with my eyes closed till about nine. Then I'm going to try. The man was cracked. <laughs> so we have this, this competing narrative. In, an, in a situation for Roy... Now to look at who may win a fight that doesn't go eight rounds, it's, boy, you having to look at two guys. Mike Tyson has been punched in the head in 15 years in a competitive environment. Um, Roy Jones has been punched in the head in the last two years. And, and to Roy's credit, these nondescript guys that, you know, normally wouldn't be in the same ring with him that he fought late in his, you know, in his late 40s um, were going the distance or close, but they weren't hurting Roy. And that's good. That's a good sign. Tyson hasn't taken a hard shot in a while. But then we have to sit back and go, but if you were to put do a list of top five heavyweights of all time, hardest hitters, Tyson's on that list at heavyweight. Roy Jones has fought one fight at heavyweight. One. Again, maybe some of these nondescript, I'd have to go back and look at the weights. It was kind of, then towards the end of Roy's career, it was like cruiserweight, or maybe float up into a little over 200 pounds, getting to heavyweight. But he was typically in that cruiserweight to heavyweight mode. But really, really, he had one legitimate heavyweight fight against a top, you know, top 10 at the time heavyweight and beat the crap out of him in 2003 with John Ruiz. Mike Tyson's a top five all-time hitter at heavyweight, at any weight. He was one of the hardest punchers and fastest punchers in history. Now, we've all looked at those hype videos that, that they've been putting out from the Tyson camp for the last couple of months during this COVID shutdown. Got everyone really excited um, with Mike hitting the mitts and hitting that big water bag, you know, the multicolored one. And, uh, and he looks fantastic in spurts, but that's just it. We see him in spurts. Um, so he's going to have his opportunities. If, this is, if they're going to come in here, I don't... Uh, you know, if it's a hard sparring session, Tyson's knocked guys out in sparring. Roy's knocked guys out in sparring. So it's tough to want, really want to pick a winner. Like, who do I, what do I think is going to happen? I think there's multiple scenarios that could happen. But because there's so many variables, is the are they really going to try? Are they really going to go after this? I mean, in my mind, I'm going, if Mike throws a, a right hand and catches Roy flush, I don't care how hard Mike throws it, Roy's going to get hurt by that. Because of his past, because of he, he's, his ability to take a punch is greatly reduced. I'll be nice because he's my guy. Greatly not what it was. No one knows what Mike Tyson's chin would be like now. 15 years away, and, and it's not like Mike has been out here doing the Jack of the Lane thing. You know, he has in the last couple of months, and God love him. That's amazing that he has lost weight and got in shape and looks phenomenal. His the hype looks phenomenal. 
<laughs> but he hasn't been hit in a really long time. And Roy Jones still has incredibly fast hands. If nothing else, he has very fast hands. Um, so I, I think the, the, the ones I asked, you know, it's funny. I'm going to take a step back for a second. If you're still with me after all this, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to me talk about this fight and just share thoughts and, and uh, provide some perspective on what everyone's looking forward to. I mean, this got worldwide attention last week when it came out. And, you know, going into the second, I'm going to digress for a second. The second Koval of Ward fight, I sent a question in to the guys at HBO for their mailbag. They were doing their podcast. And I asked the question, I said, who, what's the more likely scenario of the only, because the, the conventional wisdom is Kovalev's either going to knock Ward out or Ward's going to win a decision. That was kind of what I felt was conventional. If Kovalev stops Ward, I'm not going to be super like, oh my gosh, shocked that Kovalev, this big banger, would knock out Andre Ward. I, in hindsight, that seems silly now. But, and then on the flip side, I didn't see Kovalev getting stopped. But I asked the question. I said, which one do you think is more likely? And it was almost a, a throwaway line for them. They, they said, oh, <laughs> oh, Kovalev winning a decision, absolutely. Because a lot of them didn't, didn't think Ward won the first fight. Now, remember, I, went, I, I was there doing writing for another site for the first fight. And I had the fight the same way the judges did, verba- almost verbatim. Uh, Ward by one point, Ward 7-5, but Ward was knocked down in one round, so you make it a, a 114-113 fight. So we get to the end, so now we go into Kovalev War 2, and the most unlikely scenario happens, and Ward wins by TKO. So with that, I think this time, for Jones and Tyson, the most unlikely scenario is a Roy Jones knockout victory. I think a lot of folks are looking at this, and going, Mike might really hurt Roy. And you could tell the way I was talking about Roy earlier and the, the way he's been knocked out. As a fan who really wants to see the, my guy, you know, right off into the sunset here with his faculties and being healthy and plenty of money and all the rest of it, I'm hoping this fight will do that for him. Um, I, that's certainly a concern as far as me being an outside observer who's, who's paid some attention and some of my time to the sport and following, you know, these guys. I'm hoping that, that's, that, that that ends up happening. Um, I would be lying, though, if I would to not look at it the other way and say, oh, my gosh, T- Tyson, if he hits Roy once, uh, flush in the head, I don't, I don't know what happens with that. I, I have a hunch. I think everybody has a hunch. Just will it come off? There's no way to know that. Will, will um, because of the nature of the bout, if this weren't an exhibition, I'd be really concerned for Roy because Roy's 51. Roy is not, does not have the fleet of foot ability to get out of the way of punches. Um, you know, Mike Tyson, even in his last fights with Kevin McBride um, and Danny Williams, still went in there through fast punches. But he didn't get those guys out of there. Um, but Roy Jones is a smaller guy and has shown that if he gets hit hard, it, it's not usually a good a good night. So um, a scenario that I also could see is the is the flip side is Roy having some bounce and Tyson not being able to find Roy for a while. And Roy throwing some left hooks, the triple left hooks and all this other stuff and what he was noted for. You know, I, I went to uh, I went and saw Roy fight Clinton Woods in Portland. I live over here in the Pacific Northwest and, and when my sporting hero here comes to fight, you know, a couple hours away, you make the trip. <laughs> um, and, and Roy, you know, tapped his, tapped his, uh, reached down, tapped his right foot and brought that right hand up with an uppercut. And I, and he missed, I think he missed, but it was, it stuck with me. Here we are all these, these, these years later. And I'm like, dang, I've never seen that before, you know, doing all this, you know, the game rooster stuff. And, and I could see Roy doing that I just if we go if this thing goes eight rounds, I don't know what we're looking at after eight rounds. Has Tyson just been following Roy around plotting and not throwing combinations, not being able to put Roy on the ropes? Because if Tyson puts Roy on the ropes, he's gonna hit him sometime. He's gonna hit his arms, he's gonna hit his head, you know. 
but then again, it goes back to the nature of the beast. It's, it's an exhibition. Is he going to take those opportunities? So there's a lot of variables in here. Um, I think the most likely scenarios are we get to the end of eight rounds and everyone says, well, Roy really um, looked good. Um, I also think we can get to the end of the first 45 seconds and go, man, I hope Roy's okay. Um, there's no way to know. And then uh, the third option is um, kind of what we started with, which was, oh, both guys kind of carried each other. And, you know, they had hard sparring, but nobody really, you know, hurt anybody. And we got to the end. Everybody gets to raise their hands and, and do the, the selfies and the good fight. And everybody smiles and, you know, flexes their muscles and the rest of it. So it, you can tell how I'm talking that I, I'm looking forward to this. Um, there's a sense of foreboding because both guys are over 50 and we don't have a ton of data and a ton of, you know, prior history to have two over 50 world-class, world championship level fighters fight each other. And there's not a lot of data to sit back and go, uh, I, I mean, what does a 50-year-old chin, what happens to a 50-year-old chin if he gets tagged? I mean, Bernard Hopkins probably is the best example of what happens when a 50-year-old chin gets tagged. He goes down. Um, so I think there's, I think it's possible that Roy can, can tune it up and, and stay away and not get tagged. Um, I also think it's increasingly possible for Tyson to tag Roy a couple of times in the first round or two and a, and a really gun-shy, jumpy referee comes in and says, eh, let's not let this get any worse because it is an exhibition. So um, that was my... So that was my look at the breakdown of the fight. There are some folks, uh, and I'm gonna we're gonna get to a close here in just a minute. But there are some folks that are looking at this and are are very skeptical or very much don't want don't want this fight to happen because of you know Roy's uh, diminished ability to absorb a clean punch or. Um, the fact that both guys are over 50 and you have to look at what their cardiovascular is like now. Um, they're going to fight in, in, in spurts. And um, I, I think that's valid concern. But if both guys pass tests and both guys are able to compete and they, they pass everything, then you got to give them an opportunity to go out there and make some money at the end of the day. Because... They they still have more of a fan following after all these years than guys on, on the way up. And that'll change. But And I'm hopeful. You know, I saw that they're putting this YouTube kid and, and uh, a retired basketball player, Nate Robinson. And I think the YouTube guy is Logan Paul. And and those of you who are hearing this on social media will say, oh, he doesn't know who Logan Paul is. And I'll just say, you're, you're right, I don't. Um... But they're the, the chief undercard, which is going to bring in a, the TikTok crowd and, and folks that are there to just to see two guys scrap. And that's great. That's great. That's going to really help both guys. I don't know what Nate Robinson's plans are after this fight, but I know Logan Paul is fancying himself a boxer. And I'm not trying to discredit him, but I, I know that that's not really what he does for a living at this point. And maybe that'll change. And God love him. Good luck. Best of luck to you, kid. But... I'm hoping that we got get guys on the undercard that, you know, it, the name that I keep in my head that looks phenomenal on that I've seen is Ryan Garcia, who's a young kid who's phenomenal. I think promotion-wise, I don't think that fits necessarily. But somebody like that who is gaining a fan base or, or Jaime Munguia, these guys who are gaining a fan base but aren't known to Jimmy Fallon and aren't, aren't known to the general public. Um, I think this card, because it's Mike Tyson, is a wonderful opportunity to get guys like that on there. So guys like me in my mid-30s or, you know, people older and the younger folks that will be tuning in because they've heard, you know, guys my age talk about how great Mike Tyson and Roy Jones are. Get get them in front of more eyeballs. I think this is a fight where you can really put guys on the undercard and get them over and, and more so than they already are. It's one thing to be over with fight fans. It's another thing to be over with the general public. And this fight's going to get a ridiculous amount, for better or for worse. Because remember, Tyson's doing a Legends League, and I understand that. 
But you got to try to help get young kids over. I mean, unless you're going to bring in Roberto Duran to fight Sugar Ray Leonard again or something. Um, you want to? I, I think there's a role to be had on the undercard to have some up and comers get them over. So people, you know, when they're and that's what the UFC has done for for eons, and that's what Don King did. I mean, Julio Cesar Chavez fought on Tyson's undercards for a long time. So and I mean that and um, Shane Mosley fought on Roy Jones undercards before. So it, it's it's time tested and and I think this is another great opportunity to help you know folks who think that maybe Roy and Mike are taking away an opportunity from another show or another group of people. This is a great way to help balance that scale. So um, I will start to wrap this up. This is a dream fight. I, I think if I were to make a prediction from two thousand and three. When Roy was at his peak and Mike was on the way down, I have made I have made the argument that before Roy got his chin dented, you know, and, and understand what I'm saying when I say that, you know, that his ability to take a punch has suffered over the years. Um, I would have picked Roy to win that fight by decision. I think he would have been too fast, too elusive, um, and hit too hard. He would have kept Mike honest. The way this fight's set up, Roy's not gonna be elusive. Uh, Roy's still very fast. If you watch his last couple of fights, his hand speed's there. Um, I'm concerned now that his chin is, he's been, I mean, a first round knockout to cruiserweights and, 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 you know, massive knockout losses to light heavyweights. And now he's taking on a top five puncher of all time. Um, that's worrisome. Uh, do I think Roy's good enough to stay away from Mike for eight rounds? I do. I, I think that that's a possible outcome. I also think that the fight could be over in 40 seconds. So I mean, we're going to tune in and see. I don't have a real I, a real great feeling about how that's going to go. But I, I think both scenarios are possible. So I'm eager to see what happens. And if it's somewhere in in between where things aren't quite on the up and up, then I'm, I would say that yeah, I don't know about this Legends League now. I don't know what we're watching now. If it's not quite on the up and up, I understand that if Mike were to hurt Roy on the ropes, he should pull up. Don't don't finish. Like if he tags my, Roy with a right hand and Roy, you could see that Roy. Go back to watch Tarver Jones 3 towards the end of that fight when Roy gets hit with a right hook from Tarver and he kind of just does the zombie stagger. Um I think if that scenario were to come up, Roy's still standing, he gets hit with a big punch, but he's hurt, the fight will be over. And that's good. I would be very grateful if that happened because this is my guy. I don't want him to get hurt. And I do think he can still, you know, because as much as we've seen Tyson in spurts hit the mitts, do this, do that, and, and you know, hit that water bag, and he looks, oh, man, that left hook, boom, 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 boom. oh, my gosh, da, 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 da. and look, he's moving his head a little bit. That's the that's going to be an interesting one because <laughs> we're seeing it in fifteen second edited bursts on 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 Triller and on social media on different social media things and and uh, I want to see what happens after three minutes after six minutes after nine minutes if Tyson's head movement's there his head movement might be there for the first thirty seconds to a minute if history's any indication that head movement's not going to be there in the fourth round. Third round, second round, he's not going. He's going to be there for Roy to hit him. Now, if Roy can't keep him off him, if Roy hits him with the right hand and Tyson just laughs, I, I don't like how that ends for for Roy. Uh, but if Roy can hit Tyson and keep the respect factor there, and Tyson's not truly trying to press it and score a knockout, then we could easily, easily see Roy throw a right hand, get out of the way, you know, duck under the left hook, come back with a lead left hook. And if Mike's not moving his head, he's going to be there to be hit. So I could see that happening for eight rounds, but Roy's going to have to be super careful to not lay on the ropes and let Mike swing. Because I don't like what's going to happen if if Roy gets tagged with a huge clean punch. I just That's going to end very poorly for Roy. Um, and I think both scenarios are very possible because as much as I think Roy will probably have to get hit clean once over eight rounds... I also know that Mike Tyson couldn't knock out some of these guys late in his late in his career, but it's also Roy Jones with his with his chin. So, um, it's going to be a hell of a night. Now, the, it, there should be a lot of suspense if you care about either one of these guys. I don't want to see Mike get hurt. I really don't want to see Roy get hurt. If you care about these guys, if you've come up watching these guys and they're um, idols of yours, 
and, and all that. Or you just respect them and, and love to see guys from, you know, our, our past, our youth, your, your 30s, if you're 70, and these are guys who were there when you were 40 or 50 and you want to go back to that era and enjoy it for a night. This is a, you can't miss this fight. You really can't miss this fight because no matter what happens, like any other Tyson fight, the intrigue is there. The intrigue, because we don't, we really don't know that this could be anything from these two guys walking around having a conversation for eight rounds, throwing a punch, haha, hug, haha, wrestle, haha, and and you know getting at, that is a possibility given the nature of the beast. Then you go all the way over to the other side where you know Roy puts a little too much mustard on the left hook, and then here comes Iron Mike. And Roy has to be really, really evasive and really, really careful. Um, I can see Roy focusing almost exclusively on defense for a couple of rounds and not really throwing a lot at Mike. But I think if history is any indication of how to actually get at Mike, it's you need him to go backwards. If you just let him follow you and hunt you and hunt you and hunt you and hunt you, eventually he's going to hit dynamite. So Roy can't, can't just sit back and lay out and defense and stuff. You have to put something on it if you want to keep him honest. So you have that, that wide spectrum of what could happen. You might get to the end of this and go, holy cow, this was phenomenal. Or, holy cow, I can't believe I spent 50 bucks. You don't know. You pays your money. I'll quote Larry Merchant. You pays your money. You take your chances. But for one night, we all get to go back on the Wayback Machine. Saturday night, September 12th, Roy Jones Jr., Iron Mike Tyson. I'm going to say that again. Mike Tyson. Roy Jones Jr., they're back one night only, September 12th, pay-per-view, and on Triller, don't miss it. We'll be back later on when we get a little closer to the fight, and we'll spend a little more time during fight week. We're going to look at the uh, the hype shows that Triller are putting on, 10-part series. They're about three to five minutes a pop, showing training, showing the buildup. We're going to get hype, get ready. This is not the only one. We spent a long dive on this today, but this is not the only piece of business we're going to do with this fight. We're going to try to cover from every angle, so stay tuned. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. iTunes on you know any of these... Uh, Social on the uh, podcast platforms that you listen to. If you're listening to this, please subscribe. Help me grow this thing, and uh, we'll stay tuned for the best is yet to come. Thank you, and uh, I am signing off. Good night, everybody.